as a little bit of intro, basically what's going to happen through the course of, of this morning is we're gonna, uh, I'm going to have the, the joy and privilege of being able to share on behalf of the leaders and elders and staff just some of the things that we're feeling uh, that God is wanting to, to do amongst us. Now, on one side, I feel incredibly pumped up, as in, you know, excited, but I also need you to know that I'm not pumped up because it was the elders who said to me, Christian, there's great momentum in the house. Just share, just, you know, just add to that momentum. So, you know, some of the things that you're going to hear if you've been around the life of the church, you've heard us say before, but we just want to bring some definition and some sharpness to them. And then just during the course of, of, of our morning together, there's, we're just going to keep breaking it up so it's not just one long uh, talk. Um, so there's going to be a musical items. We're going to see the highlights video again, which will just remind ourselves of all that happened over the course of last year. And then, of course, at the end, for those who are able, and we'll give you further instruction, we'd love you to stay and have lunch with us. If you're wondering what um, Arena Church is all about, I wonder if those are on the table, if you could just grab this document. It's called The In Partnership Together. I want everybody to take one of these, and if there's people on the back who haven't got one, if you could just make sure that people on the seated on the back area, if you can just let them have one. We're not going to go through the document this morning, so please don't, you know, think that we are. But I'd just like you to be able to just take that in your hand and don't flick through it now. Just have it in your hand ready. Because in a moment I'm going to draw your attention to it. One of the things that we're looking at in Arena Church over the course of this year is strengthening. We believe that God wants to strengthen our lives. We believe that God wants to strengthen you, Alex. He wants to strengthen you, Zach. He wants to strengthen you, Mandy. He wants to strengthen all of us. So all of us, we become stronger. What does that look like? Well, it means that we're getting stronger in our relationships. It means we're getting stronger in our finances. It means we're getting stronger in our skills and our giftings. And at the same time, we're also getting stronger in just our relationship with God. We're just on the journey. We're all on the journey, aren't we, of just getting stronger. We want you to be stronger. The passion of Arena Church is that you will become stronger. Some of you young guys who were creating mayhem in Ikea and... uh, And those who know what they were doing, they did hide and seek. What a great game in Ikea. What a great place to play hide and seek in Ikea. I understand Caleb and Gideon, Caleb Gideon was hid between two mattresses. That's what I heard. My camera's surveillance was out. There you are, Caleb. My surveillance was out and I heard all about it. We want young people to be strong. Guys, we want... Kids, church, you were down with Unleashed this morning. Everybody said hip, hip. I don't mean that because I actually love the kids around the life of the church. I really do. And Helen knows that. But they just, our Isaac this morning, he was just, it's Unleashed. He was quick out of bed and showered because he just thought he could get there quicker because he just loves being downstairs out for the service. We want all areas to be strengthened. And, and by the way, one of those who've got kids, handling kids, and some of you are coming to, a little bit more of a, an old, uh, a later season of life. We want you to feel strengthened. But we also want the church to be strengthened. The Bible says that we are to uh, lengthen our cords and strengthen our stakes. And so we want this year to be a year where we all feel strong. We really do. And one of the areas that we want to strengthen is an understanding corporately of what Arena Church is all about. So if you can just now take the document, 
And I want you to understand this. I call it a document, and it's very important that I call it a document, because for those who have ever been in a, well, any kind of job, really, you get a manual. You get like a, you know, if you start a new job, don't you, you get something that they give you that just tells you about the company or what you're about or what you're expected. This is not something for you to just pristinely just keep there and, oh, isn't it lovely and and. We, I, want you to, I want you to write on it. I'm not talking young people now, graffiti over it and draw a picture of me with horns and, you know, all kinds of things. I, I, I'm not talking that kind of, but I want you to just get hold of this document and I want you to keep it because over the coming, this year, we're certainly going to ask you to bring it. It's not homework, it's nothing like that, but there's no point in having a sense of, of where we want to go because a lot of organizations they go through the motions of finding out where they want to go and then they put it on the wall and then they never refer back to it. I don't want that to be that kind of document. I want this to be a living, breathing, working document that we work through together. You and I working through this. What does this look like for Arena Church? What does this look like for us as a family? What does this look like in terms of as we move forward together? That's why we're in partnership together. And so I want to encourage you to take that document. In it, you'll see, is where we've come from. There's not a huge paragraph, but page one, it talks about the different names and different leaders that we're now building upon. Thank God for all of them. We were looking again at just the different people, because Gordon and Pat keep a document, and if you go onto our website now, you'll see the picture of 1929, when they started above the garage, and there's a picture on it. And then we'll see the old church in 1939, of when they built Crichley Street. This seems a million miles away, but we're building upon these foundations. And it just goes through, takes us through. If you go on the website, you'll see the history of of where we've come from. So where we've come from, also where we are now. We're going to see a highlights video of where we are. Oh, but more than that, but more than that, where, where we want to go. Where we want to go, where we're going. And in this document, you'll see there's a heartbeat statement that, I want you to just have a look at this. There's four words, particularly that we, 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 we build upon, you know, community, hope, passion, and impossible. And there's some statements that we make. But I just want to turn your attention just in my closing comments of this first part. Because if you go to just page three, it's called our one main focus. Have you all got it? Let me read it. Says there to keep the main thing, the main thing. Seems very basic, but actually it's more difficult than you realize to keep the main thing, the main thing, because there's so many distractions. Anybody live in this world that we live in? A lot of distractions. So our passion is to keep the main thing, the main thing. The Apostle Paul, one of the pioneers of the New Testament church, said this, this one thing I do, this one thing I do, our main thing, our one thing. Is to go and grow and to love and serve the community. It is Arena Church's passion. If you get nothing else from this time here, I want you to go away with this. Simply broken down. We have a passion to go and to grow. And we have a passion to love and serve the community. It's as simple as that. There's nothing more complicated than that. Of course, that has to be outworked. But that is our passion. This is our one thing. This is what we are committed to. 
If somebody was to say to you, Jared, so that arena church that you go to, what are they all about? You're able to say, well, actually, we're committed to just going and growing and loving and serving our community. Well, of course, they may say, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Of course, you then talk a little bit further. Mandy, what is this arena? What is the difference? What is all this about God? And what's this about you coming to church on Sundays? What are this arena? They're a bunch of weirdos, aren't they? I know where the church is. There's all these kind of comments coming out. I would say, well, actually, no. You know, we just have a passion to go, which to tell people about what God's done. And, and for me to grow as an individual, right, okay. And actually, we want to love and serve humanity. We want to love and serve the community. People get that. That's very, very easy to understand. Now, of course, there's elements that we've got to work through. But that is the one thing that we are committed to. Julie, towards the end of the, our talk, is just going to ask you what you need to or s- explain some things that we want you to do. But if I can just say this one thing. At the end of the booklet, and this is for you to take away, it's yours to keep. There's some wonderful quotes, some wonderful Bible verses in there that prophetically speak into the life of the church. It gives you a chance to write your notes against the four elements that run out of our heartbeat. I love that statement there, the General William Booth. I think it just encapsulates, I mean, William Booth is a real hero of mine. I don't think, I think if, it was, if I wasn't a Pentecostal minister, I think I'd join the Salvation Army. And it's not because I like the uniform. I just love the history of this man. Just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And you'll go through this booklet, but just at the end, it's got this page, page here, it says, count me in. Now listen to me. This is not signing on the dotted line and then you need to go and take legal representation at your solicitors and go and check your bank out and everything else. Seriously. There is no small print. This is just a sense in which people get hung up with partnership and membership and all the rest of it. All I'm saying to me, all look at me in this moment. If you say, this is my church, I'm in. That's it. This is my church, count me in. Now, of course, there's journeys that we've got to work through, and you'll read through the document, but that's all we're asking you to do. Now, you may say, well, I did that five years ago when we did partnership. Yeah, I know you did, but we've really not been very, very good at flagging it up, frankly. And the database is not where it needs to be, and the information that we've got, and this isn't an information-gathering exercise, and we don't pass you information and details onto a third party. This is for us. And all we're basically saying is, if you're in, then just fill this out. If the, uh, you don't all need to fill one out. So me, family of six, all the kids have to fill their own out. I'd fill it out, me, and then just put the family members and the ages. It's, we're just not wanting to uncover anybody. It's just that we just know where people are in terms of the age range of the church. If you're saying that you're in, and you know you are, even today, fill it out and just put it in. If some of you are new today or you're just finding your way through Arena Church, we understand that. There's no pressure from us. You take it away, but don't deliberate too long. I say this often. Those people who are looking at churches and trying to find the church, I don't think you can actually find a church just off one visit. I think you've got to keep going back to the same church for five, six, maybe eight times. Because actually you can have one week where it's brilliant and then one week where it's shocking. Let's say you come on a shocking week, you think that's it, that's the face of the church. Let's face it, you can come to my house and it's all lovely and then you can come another out and I'm ranting and raving. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Oh, I'm the only, anybody know what I'm talking about? But our house is not a ranting and raving house. But you catch me wrong. Well, the kids has done something, or usually I've done something, and then you get what I'm talking about. So if you need to go away and have a think about it, that's fine. But don't think too long. We'd love you to make this home. Julie, I wonder if you could give us a few announcements. Thank you. Text of church. The Bible says in Proverbs that where there is no vision, the people perish. There's one version that talks about they cast off restraint. They're like horses that are running here, there, and everywhere. So vision keeps us very, very centered. It's important that a church has a vision. It's important that we have a vision of what we want to accomplish and where we want to go in our life. And we we bring that continually and immerse that in prayer and bring it before the Lord. So it's important that we have a vision. But that vision must always be centered around people. I'll say that again. That vision must always be centered around people. You know, we, we've said, the guys, we love buildings. We love extending ministries. We love all that kind of stuff that you love with us. But if it's not people-centric, if it's not people-centered, we've missed the point of why we do what we do. So let me say that Jesus had a very clear sense of vision. He knew he came to die. But why did he come to die? What, what brought him to the cross? People. And as long as we keep people very much at our heart, then I believe we're doing exactly what God wants us to do. So in this next part, I'd like us to just take those two elements of that one thing and just headline it with people, people-centric, people-centered. Like I said, if you want to write on the document, you can, you can do. But we're going to look at Go and grow and love and serve. And what does that look like? Well, there's a few things I want to just make reference to, if I may, because I think they're very, very important. The first thing we want to say is this, that in this whole thought of going and growing, let me address the growing bit first. Not numerically, because all healthy things will grow. So we haven't got to get too worked up about growing a big church, because I want to say, and I may reflect on that in in the third part, You know, if we just allow health to be in it, then growth will come. Anybody hearing me? If we just allow health, then growth will come. We haven't got to get steamed up about numbers and about the size of the church and where we're going. We've got to have a sense of vision, but we need to be more concentrated on health. So when I look at growing, I've already alluded to it, that we're wanting to see you grow. So that means discipleship. That means us together, growing together as disciples. Jesus said, go and make, not converts, not numbers, but go and make disciples. And we want to really encourage this whole discipleship journey. We want to get sharper in this area. So again, what does that look like as a disciple? Well, it means that, you know, we are committed to being in a family. That's why I say to many people, It's so important that Sundays are an important time of gathering corporately. It is important for us to gather together on Sundays. You've heard me say, I don't believe you can actually just be involved in something if you're not committed into a corporate environment. So we want to encourage people to come. We want to encourage people to 
get in the Bible themselves. Some of you, put your hand up if you find reading, and particularly reading the Bible, not very easy. Not very easy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of us feel like that. So I'm not about to bring a big stick. I don't even know this guy. I'm not about to bring a big stick to him and say, I wouldn't anyway, look at the size of him. Uh, I'm not about to get a big stick and say, you must read your Bible and read five chapters a day and everything else. But all we're trying to encourage people to do is say, look, just immerse yourself. Get in the Bible. Just allow a verse to just really capture you. You know, if we want to be strong Christians, we need to be people of the Word because the Word will bring bread to our hearts. That's what the Bible says. It's like food to our souls. That's why we encourage prayer days. We want people to pray. We want people to live out the Bible. We want people to be helped to live out the Bible. People who are struggling in areas. We don't want you to feel like you have to struggle alone. We want you to come and talk. We want you to work these things through. We all have struggles. We all have challenges. We want people to work them through. We're not talking about being daft. We're not talking about run ragged as elders and leaders. We're not talking about being doormats. We're talking about people taking responsibility. But we want people to grow. We want them to grow as disciples. So what about this going? Well, it's interesting because one of the things that we definitely, definitely, definitely want to do is continue to create a culture where people feel it's safe to bring people. We want to go with the gospel and we also want to bring people to the gospel. I was thrilled by Christmas because over the Christmas season, and I know there was a number of double counting because some people were at every service, but we estimate, well, we didn't estimate, we know that there was at least 1,300 people who came to our Christmas um, services that ran. And over the course of that uh, 1,300, there would have been at least 400 first-time attenders. Okay. So we were absolutely thrilled by that. Three to 400 first-time attenders. And out of that, that, that joy on Sunday, and I had the privilege of being able to, able to preach and seeing over that course of that day, at least 15 people make first-time decisions to follow Christ. We were thrilled by that. But what really gladdened my heart is that actually we're creating this culture of bringing. Because you guys brought. Let me ask you again to help me. Put your hand up if you didn't come from a church background. Just put your hand up if you didn't come from a church background. Okay, put your hands down. Put your hands down if you came to church as a result of somebody inviting you or bringing you or encouraging you to come. See? Just somebody inviting somebody just... So what we want to continue to do in this sharpening of vision, let me be clear, in going and growing, we want to continue to create environments where you feel safe to bring your friends. We're not going to do anything daft. We're not going to do anything strange. We're going to preach the word. We're going to be full of fun. We're going to love Jesus. We're not going to hold back from our praise. But we're going to bring a message that's going to really impact their hearts. And we want it to be a safe environment for you to come. That's why we will continue as well to sow into over the course of this year, the guys who are part of the Big Night Out team with Steve and the others have planned some amazing events. Next one's Strictly Come Dancing. A bit of salsa, baby. Oh, yeah. I look like I'm doing my aerobics, actually. But, you know, some salsa in and woohoo, lovely. Great food, great environment. You may say, well, what's all that about? We want to encourage you to bring people 
and a safe environment. They can come and they can connect with people. Because let's face it, they're the kind of events that are happening outside, yeah? You might not see an old bloke, 42-year-old, strutting his stuff. Well, you might do, actually. I don't know. But it depends where you're going. But, you know, just a whole sense of entertainment, the whole sense of bringing together in a safe environment. That's why we want to continue to add fuel to the ladies and to the men's nights. want to encourage ladies to continue to meet and use that as a gathering point. want to encourage men to come together as gathering points. We want to go and we want to grow. We want to go with the gospel. We want to create environments where people can come. We want to continue to add fuel to Helen and what she's doing with the Kids Unleashed. And all that's in a heart to do with kids. We want to see that whole kids ministry grow, don't we? I have a huge passion, honestly. If I had, if I had a bundle of money now, I'd be throwing huge amounts of resource into kids. I really would. I'd be, I mean, if, I, if somebody was able to give me 30, 30 grand, I'd spend it tomorrow on kids. Because I just want to invest into kids. Because we, we, I'll come on to young people in a moment... But we need to get them. Rob's here as a police guy. It's the kids. If we can just begin to change mindsets now. There's Tracy who's working in Acorns. If we can begin to change mindsets. Lisa and all the challenges you have to do with your team. A lot of it starts in kids. We want to add fuel to that whole thing of just going amongst kids. We want families to be able to come in on a Sunday morning. And be able to put the kids in a great program. We want people like... Tom, Marie, to be on your case and saying, I want to go to church. As you were telling me last week, I want to go to church, I want to go to church. That was a bit of a catalyst in terms of Marie just finding a way back. and Just terrific. We want that more and more. We want to invest in Universal. We want to invest in Universal and just invest in what they're doing and just add fuel to that. We want to expand and we are going to expand, plant other universals. We want to plant other TMPs. We've never had so many 18s to 30s. I mean, look at all these bundle these lovely looking people. Not as nice looking as this table. Not a, not a chance, but you're all right, actually. Look at them. Everybody just look over here at them. Good gaggle of 18s to 30s. Churches had cut off the right arm for this. Guys, we want more and more. You've got to add fuel to it. You've got to keep going and keep bringing your friends to TMPs. Keep getting connected with what's happening. We want it to grow. We really do. What else do we want to look at? Well, we want to look at investing, and my time's nearly gone for this part, in small groups. This is part of what we want to do with regards to small groups. We want to see, and I'll come to this in a moment, we want to see this map that is the M1 corridor and beyond with campuses. There's Nottingham and there's Derby. There's Chesterfield, there's Long Eaton, there's Alfreton, there's Mansfield, there's Ilkeston, there's Derby. And then all littered across here, we want dots and dots and dots of small groups where we're going. We're influencing communities, we're influencing neighborhoods. We're seeing God's kingdom spill out and grow across this M1 corridor and beyond. We want small groups to be a time where people can come and feel cared for and connected. A time for fun and laughter and just enjoyment, time to be taught and pray with one another. So this is part of our passion this year is to really give room for small groups and more on that possibly on Tuesday. So to go and grow. And finally, I don't really need to spend much time on this one. We want to love and serve our community. 
who actually feels that we're just making, we've made some great strides over the last 18 months in the church to do that. Just raise your hand if you feel we have. To love and serve the community. When I talk about the community, I'm not just impacted by those who are uh, disadvantaged and those who have chosen some wrong paths or been raised incorrectly or whatever. I'm talking about rich people, business people. Talking about families, people who've lived morally okay, but they're far away from God. There's an emptiness, there's an ache in their heart. We want to love and serve our community. I thank God for some of you guys who are in this church. I was saying to somebody a week ago, I said, some of you, because you thought we had, this church was full of money, bizarrely. And he said, you know, you must have all kinds of professionals. I went, we've got, we've got a good load, you know, professionals, but are you, are you joking me? Now, please don't. I said, we're in Ilkeston and Mansfield. They're ex-mining communities. They're hard nuts to crack kind of communities. We've got all that kind of, we've got professionals and we've got, but we've got all kinds of mishmash of people. I began to spill a few stories of some of you guys, of where you've come from. Some of the brokenness that was around your life. And how God has just mended it and put it back together. I just love the fact that we can love our, serve our community and we want to do that more and more and more. Why do we need to do that more and more? Because the brokenness that exists in Ilkeston and in Mansfield and beyond. You look at that map, you think of how many millions of people that, that, that would encapsulate. And think of how many, of those, how many of those millions, how many of them today have woke up and they have no hope. They have no joy. They have no peace. They don't know what, what they're going to do tomorrow. They don't know where they're going. Some of it is self-inflicted. Some of it, it's just that we're born into it. And I think it's our mandate with other churches to go out and love and serve our community. Is anybody with me this morning? To love and serve our community. To see the hub strengthened and to see that Mansfield building that God's given us. To see that strengthened with ministry outreaches. And so we actually see this whole M1 corridor. This whole M1 corridor filled with campuses, with small groups, with environments that we can create coffee shops, homes, different centers, different environments where we can live out the going and the growing and the loving and the serving our community. This is what we are about. This is part of our visionary direction in this next season of what God wants us to do. I will close with this because my times I've well shot this part of the time. What I will say to you is, and you've heard me say, we had no idea what God would have done with us last year. We had no idea. And has often said to me as she oversees our finances, she says, I don't know how we've been able to do what we've been able to do. I said, neither do I. But I say to you often, don't Anne, we'll just keep going. We'll just keep going. Because God's heart, God's heart is about people. And people need the Lord. And it's our mandate together to say, I'm going to roll my sleeves up and I'm going to get involved in this great mission and vision of the church. We're going to see some arena highlights, so let's just have three or four minutes and then I'll just draw it to a close. When you're talking to them, just point them to the website and they're getting a lot of information. Um, they can get a lot of information from there. 
when I look at that highlights, I, I may have mentioned this last week, I'm pretty much in awe of the um, huge amounts of time that uh, staff, that uh, elders, that leaders, the volunteers give to uh, make that come about. And uh, Arena Church continue, continually will look to team. If we think that that's going to come about, and all that I'm talking about is going to come about through me, then I'm saying you're dreaming. Because I don't have the capacity, nor do I have the desire to build it around myself. I want it to be a team. It is a team. And I want the team to get stronger so we can do more in Jesus' name. So we thank God for what he's done, but we're also believing that the team and the church together will see more and more take place. In this last part, I just want to just turn your attention, if you've got your Bibles, to Acts in chapter 2. Because I just want to take the moment that I have together to really try and preach into vision, but also preach into your life as well. I'm a big believer. I'm not a great grower of things. But I know this about growing plants and vegetables and trees. Of course, you've got to make sure the seed is good. But the other crucial part to that is the environment in which you plant the seed. Everybody say environment. And I want to say you are personally an environment. So this has a double-edged thing. It's I'm talking to you and I'm talking to us. I'm talking to me and I'm talking to we. Because God wants to do something in our hearts. The Bible talks about the seed that was planted in soil. And it's a parable that Jesus is telling. And he uses the seed being his word planted in soil which speaks of men and women's hearts. So it's very important that we understand about environments. We understand about atmospheres. We understand about cultures. It says about Jesus that even Jesus in his hometown could do very little. Why was that? He was the son of God. He was the Messiah. He was God himself. But why could he do very little? Because there was no atmosphere, there was no environment of faith. See, cultures and environments are so important. And so we look at Acts in chapter 2, and we see something significant take place. If you look at the first opening verses, it sees there the early apostles and uh, there was ladies and disciples. There was about 120 and they met in a small room in Jerusalem. And what were they doing? They were praying. They were praying. They were praying because they didn't know what else to do. They were actually instructed to wait. And in their waiting, they thought, well, we don't know what to do, so we must pray. Sometimes we don't know what to do. Don't keep moving forward. Stop and pray. If you don't know what to do, stop and pray and wait. And the Lord will tell you. But these guys started to pray. And as they prayed, the Holy Spirit came amongst them. We haven't got time to, to speak about that. But in the same way we're encouraging people to be baptized in water, it talks about Jesus. John says, I've come to baptize you. John the Baptist, I've come to baptize you with water. But there's one who's following me, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. People need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. God wants to do something. This year, we're really going to go after that and really believe that God's going to do something and is doing something and will continue to do something great. But the Holy Spirit came amongst them. They were filled with power. 
And then Peter stood on the day of Pentecost and began to speak a message, just a very, very short message, shorter than I'm about to do here. And 3,000 people were added. How did that happen? Through an environment, through an atmosphere, through a culture. They were praying. It was when they committed and bowed their knee and partnered with heaven that something happened in the soil, not talking about natural soil, there was something that happened and God did something amazing. If we are believing for God to do something amazing, we need to keep praying and we need to keep allowing God to turn over the soil of our hearts. And as we say, God, less of us and more of you, it's not about us, it's about you. We're going to bring what we've got to you then God will do amazing things. And 3,000 were added to that number that day. But then it rolls on from there because it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they did what? They devoted themselves. They committed themselves. So what can you do in this? Well, I just encourage you to commit yourself to what I've been talking about. Commit yourself to getting involved. Commit yourself to serving to commit yourself to helping, to commit yourself to encouraging, to commit yourself to giving, to commit yourself to serving, to commit yourself to going, to commit yourself to bringing, to commit yourself, to commit yourself, to commit yourself. Not talking about overcommitting yourself, not talking about, you know, being daft. I'm just talking about a commitment, a commitment. Because as they committed themselves, as they devoted themselves And there was a number of aspects that they devoted themselves. It talks about the needs were met amongst one another. Yeah. There was joy. There was favor amongst the people. And then it says this phrase at the end. Daily, people were being saved. Daily, people were being saved. I'd love to be part of the big mass revival where we see thousands in one day come to faith. I'm believing for that across this M1 corridor and beyond. That in one day, thousands of people are genuinely going to respond to Jesus Christ. But i tell you what is as exciting is that last verse. Daily. Daily. So what it talks about, what's your name? Pete. Pete. Don't know why I keep picking on you. (laughs) The meek may inherit the earth. So you love Jesus, dear Pete. Man, Pete, just stay here. Okay, as we're talking, Pete loves Jesus, and I don't, and I can't be doing with God. But Pete's, Pete's talking to me about Jesus, and we're just having a going out for a coffee. We might even go out to the pub, and we might go out to have a meal. He invites me. Are you a rugby man? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that size. That's why I'm going to pick on you. <laughs> invites me to the rugby. I go to the rugby. Just build up a friendship. And all he's doing is, he just wants to be my friend. And I say, Pete, there's something really, really different, different about you. What is that? And he tells me, well, it's all right for you, Pete, but not sure for me. Because I just enjoy going out partying and doing my stuff. Well, that's, that's fine, Christian. And, but I have a crisis in my life. I don't know what to do. And I think, I know why Pete's going to be able to help me with this. Because he had a crisis a year ago, and I saw him walk through it. And he had a, a joy that I didn't have. And as Pete begins to talk to me, the Holy Spirit comes into the room. Am I speaking to anybody? (laughs) And I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. 
Pete then tells the pastor and says, it's been brilliant. This reprobate called Christian. (laughs) I've been on a journey and he's come to faith. The pastor said to him, now Pete, it's your responsibility to just help Christian to really get grounded in the faith. But the pastor goes away rejoicing. Why? Because daily, somebody's just been brought to faith. And it hasn't happened just through somebody lining up on the front here. At the same time, Kev's doing the same. At the same time, Zenon's talking about Jesus. Same time, Debbie, in the care home, you're talking about Jesus. In the same time, Roy, you're talking to somebody about Jesus. And, I, and I'm now the pastor. I've just changed roles. I'm a bit, you know, all over the place. And I'm hearing all this. You understand what I'm saying? Daily, people are coming to faith. How is that possible through environments, through atmospheres? As we dig deep into God, then God comes close. And as we partner with God, God takes our hand and begins to use us in such a significant way. And you know what? It isn't driven. It's not striving. It's not difficult. It's beautiful. And the area begins to be affected. If I can use this word, infected, polluted, not in a negative sense, by the kingdom of God. God comes through and begins to, begins to do amazing Amazing things. It's important though, in my closing, that we make sure we create the right environments. If we have any issues, if you have any issue with anybody in this church, sort it out. Make repair. Do whatever you need to do. Because if you don't, it's creating an atmosphere for not the blessing of God. We need to create environments that are good for us personally. Environments of love and grace. So I extend grace. Well, let me turn it on its head. Di extends grace to me because she loves Jesus and she's making allowances for me. She's making some allowances for me. I'm not talking about me trashing Di, but she's making an allowance for me because of the grace of God that's working in her. That's how great environments work. We make allowances for one another. We allow grace to flow. Dave loves me even if he doesn't understand me, but he loves me because God's doing a deep work in his life and he wants to understand me and he wants to love me and he understands that actually love never fails and it's in love that God does amazing things. Out of showing loyalty to one another, Neil and Anne, as they serve and they just show loyalty to me, even though they may not understand every decision that I make. And actually some of the decisions that I make, they might not have made, but they show absolute loyalty. These are creating, I can't speak to anymore, these are creating environments for God's blessing, for God's favor, for God to pour out something amazing across this M1 corridor and beyond. So we have a responsibility, church, We have a responsibility to dig deep into God, to allow God's word to fill us, to commit ourselves in the natural, to say we're going to work together. And then together corporately, 
We're going to link arms. And we're going to see God do amazing things as we go and grow and as we love and serve our community. I've said this before. Colin and Hazel, who were here, and we love them being here. Colin's a revivalist. If you've not read any of his books, you need to read some of his books. He speaks to revival. He teaches about revival. He's written about revival. He's been with revivalists, Cho, Reinhard Bonnke. He's been with all of these guys. And I know because we had the joy of taking them out for lunch over Christmas. And it just oozes out of him. Believing for this unprecedented move of God across this land of ours. I'm with you, Colin. I'm with you, Hazel. I'm believing. Call us dreamers. There's some other dreamers who sit around the eldership table as well. The dreamers. There's some who sit around the staff. The dreamers. Because we're believing God to do something amazing in this broken, stupid, silly, falling down world. We have a hope and we're believing that Jesus is going to do something amazing to the glory and praise of God. That's going to mean churches are going to be planted. Small groups are going to be established. Young people are going to be touched. Children are going to be touched. Rich people, poor people, broken people are going to be touched through Jesus. This is our passion. This is what we are believing for. I wonder if we could just bow our heads for a moment. And I just want to ask you to commit yourself to it.